Welcome to Presence Practice. I'm Tim. And I'm Heather. In this podcast, we hope to give you some practical ways to experience the presence of God. And to give you some spiritual disciplines to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. We invite you to come and learn with us as we experiment and try on different ways to connect with our Creator. We're so excited you've joined us, and we hope that this will encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. All right. Welcome back to Presence Practice. This is uh, another episode with our favorite guest, Paula, and we are going to be talking today about a topic I think we're all really passionate about at this point. I, I think Paula maybe turned us on a little bit more to uh, to Mr. Rogers, maybe than we already were. Made us more aware. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So like a year ago, so a couple things. Our, our, the tagline to our church is called Your Neighborhood Church. Mm-hmm. And so, Paula, I think I remember, am I remembering this right? Did you have a shirt or something? Oh, I did. I had with a... With Mr. Rogers? Because uh, we, we did the sermon series on your neighborhood last year, and you wore that shirt to yeah. one of the Sundays. It says it's all good in the hood. It's all good in the <laughs> hood. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So I love that because, like, the Mr. Rogers theme of neighborhood and our church's, like, theme of a neighborhood sort of kind of... Not sort of. They go hand in hand. And yeah. so there's a, we, we learn a lot from Mr. Rogers and... Paul has kind of brought that back up again and again to us. Well, I feel like with the movies that have come out and everything, there's kind of a resurgence of it's true. Mr. Rogers' nostalgia, maybe. It's very true. He was a little bit ahead of his time. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, I mean, yeah. he... The, the things that he did and the things that he said feel much more important today, like in our political climate and with our country in an election season, you know, that we've just been through. Yep. We need him now more than ever, I feel like. Yeah, so today we want to talk, kind of focus a little bit more, you know, given the fact that our podcast is called Presence Practice. How can we practice the presence of God through the practices of Mr. Rogers? And mm. it's kind of funny, because I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but he feels like this comforting, like, grandfather figure right mm. now during this pandemic, right? Like, he feels like a very safe place. So, um yeah, we're going to spend some time talking about that. So, yeah, I think you know he was so counterculture back then, right? And yet, like now, our culture is even much more divisive and about power and anger and standing up for your rights. Mm-hmm. That like now, if you were to pull him into twenty twenty, I mean, it's so he's just so different oh, than yeah. like everything that we see. Yeah, which is why I think he's needed right now Absolutely. in a country that needs healing. Mm-hmm needs to be able to express itself. And so that's really the goal for today. Yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. So, yeah, some of the questions we're going to be talking about is just what can we learn from Mr. Rogers during the pandemic and what would be some best practices for for now that we can learn from him that we can start kind of implementing in our daily lives. So, um, Paula, you have done a lot of research on this and you're just a really big fan of Mr. Rogers. (laughs) So do you want to share a couple things with us yeah well i i actually uh, i wanted to bring up that quote i was trying to search for back in what october or whatever when we were film- doing the other the other podcast but it's um anything that's m- human is mentionable and anything that's mentionable can be more manageable hmm. so like what you were saying like you know with all of the things that are going on in our culture and with the pandemic and everything i think just being able to look at our feelings and not push them down that's that's where Mr. Rogers kind of hits me because I kind of grew up sort of learning that 
pushing down feelings was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Like being a kind of I will survive kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and that's been true. I know that's true for everyone. I think even what's been harder for guys, I think, is Mr. Rogers confronts this thing that especially like my generation and older we were told even more like you can't express your feelings yeah got you know if you have if you're sad you can't cry mm-hmm. man up man up yeah even the term <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. man up but it's created a generation of emotionally immature unhealthy men and we've talked about this before even in christianity yeah, yeah. there is a brand of christianity that's into sort of this toxic masculinity of like Hey, follow Jesus because Jesus is going to like, you know, he's like a warrior. Like macho, this macho version mm-hmm. of um, what it looks like to, yeah, to follow Jesus. And it, and most of the time it has these undertones of, of fighting for power. That's yeah. so interesting because in my uh in in my history, I've, you know, it was always gentle Jesus, meek and mild. So, mm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so it's different as a female, I guess. Yeah. You know, that but, Jesus you know, is I, your buddy. And yeah. So yeah. that's true. But I think when that happened, because I, I know I still picture this painting in my mind of like a white, uh, blue eyed, blonde haired Jesus holding a lamb. <laughs> Jesus meek and mild. I, I can picture this <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. in the senior adult Sunday school room of one of my former churches. Uh-huh. That happened. But then there was this reaction among some church leaders that said, that's not Jesus, right? Yeah. And so, mm. which they were right, but there was an overcorrection at that point. Yeah. So they went from Jesus meek and mild and humble, holding the lamb to tattooed up, Jesus is going to overturn your table and get in your face, Jesus, which again, there's like truth there too. Right. But I think both sides are missing um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And the two there's extremes. some really bad things that happen with both um like both of the extremes of that. And I think Mr. Rogers is a great corrective to that toxic masculinity that we've seen Mm -hmm. in some churches, you know? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and you know, the, the other piece to this, to me, you talked about the, the feelings and him giving people permission to feel, to feel things and to express it. The other piece to that. So like if he did that, but then he was not a good listener. It wouldn't matter. I think one of the things mm. that made Mr. Rogers so um, effective is that he would ask you a question and actually listen. And so I, I think I was telling Heather last week, I've been very convicted because yeah. he was, it was said that he was such a good listener that he would make people feel awkward mm-hmm. because you couldn't just sort of like say something under your breath. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. 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 Are you good? You know, he, he would pick up on like the things that you would even say under your breath and repeat it and mm-hmm. then just go and just like let it sit there for a second, which I think some people couldn't handle that. It made them incredibly uncomfortable because he took every word you said. Yeah. Like you meant it, you know, yep. and we're not, we're not used to that. We want to get to what we want to say and yes. not be fully present. He famously said, you know, the most important thing that I'm doing right now is sitting here with Tim Nussbaumer. Well, maybe he didn't say Not about Tim Nussbaumer. But whoever he was with or on the phone with, he would say, like, like he would stop everything. So that's what made me really get to be thinking about how he was practicing presence. Like, he was Mm. present with whoever he was with or, you know. 
And to try and think about a god that does that with me is that's mind blowing stuff. Right? It is mind blowing. It is mind blowing. One of the things I think we were saying was that, sadly, obviously, Mr. Rogers is not here, but we feel like we have enough, like, material, we have enough of shows and catalogs. Like 900 episodes. 900 episodes yeah. to pull from. Yeah. To say, like, I, we almost feel like if he was here in 2020, it's not that surprising necessarily what he would do and right. what he would be teaching. So, Paula, you've studied that a lot more than we have. Like, what would be some of the, the lessons? If channel your Mr. Rogers, yeah, right? inner and Mr. like, Rogers. let's just say he's right here in our podcast yeah. studio, and we're like, Mr. Rogers, what can we do in the middle of a pandemic? What mm. would you, what would you say? What might he say? I don't know. I, I've looked at the, um, you know, I've I've kind of like broken down even episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Now I know that that's not airing as much as it used to, but I think they kind of do that well in Daniel Tiger too. Mm -hmm. But the first thing that happens is that he really slows down the pace. So there's um the yellow traffic light on his wall was intentional. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't just like you know oh it just happened to randomly be flashing the yellow light. It was caution, slow down. I love that. Wait, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't just like, What's oh, that? we'll pick the yellow one because it's in the middle. No, he actually did that. Like, hey, slow down. What's that term? I I was today years old. Yeah. When I learned. <laughs> I I would have never. My mind is blown. Okay. It's and cool, then right? that's and, cool. And then you know you think, like, what is this um, weird tradition of coming in and changing his clothes? But he said that. It was a putting on of more informal clothes. It was a, a consistent theme in the show that he would say, like, I'm taking off my work stuff and I'm putting on my comfy clothes so that I can be here visiting with you. So it was like a, a, a physical slowdown of, of pace. And that's, to me, fascinating because we've always been told that if you want to keep a kid's attention you have to like every five, six seconds change the scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Know, well, like there's it, a, there's a study done about um, children's TV shows and how over the years it's progressed to, they have studied how many times it flips like the screen. And so there's actually like a list out there to show you of like, if you want your kids to watch something that, it, you know, is a slower pace, like you're saying, Paula, like you have to be aware of the screen. And I, I started paying attention and I was really, that's how I actually pick shows now for Antonia to watch because I won't, I don't like the idea of like, first of all, somebody that probably has ADD already, <laughs> me, I don't want my daughter like constantly feeling like that's what What's it means next? to be entertained. Like it's just this flitting like yeah. back and forth, you know. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, wasn't Mr. Rogers told that it would not work what he was doing? Yeah. Because yeah, they, like he was so slow. Right? There's, a, there's a quote of like, I think one of the producers said something to the effect of like, like, like whatever was good television, he basically did the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's right. Mr. Rogers' and neighborhood. White space, you know, yeah. Too much just quiet. Yeah. yeah, he didn't even call the episodes um, shows. He called them television visits. Yeah. So that the fact that he made it that personal to where no, this is a visit with you. This is a I'm slowing down and I'm gonna sit here with, 
with you. It was an episode about death, and yeah. the, and he um like somebody like you know studied it and said basically like it was about the death of one of his fish in his tank, mm. and basically he doesn't talk through the whole thing. He just you know he, there's a couple of little words you know, but basically he just. I it's, remember that. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Powerful. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. So, there's so many lessons there for us mm-hmm. that what we want to talk and like what would happen if we just stop talking and really listened like he did. One of my favorite things was to watch children watching Mr. Rogers because mm-hmm. like they are like riveted. They are yeah. like, and it's not like changing scenes every eight seconds, no. and yet. I don't know. It's it's like they're taking it all in because think, it's so countercultural. I think he had this way of really breaking the barrier. And I think even adults feel like, you know, in fact, I've heard testimonies of adults saying, you know what? He was talking to me that day. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I was in a strange city and I, you know, I just happened to fall into Mr. Rogers and I was feeling bad about whatever it was. And and he was talking to me that day. Yeah. That's, yep powerful yeah it really is yeah and it speaks to a i think a deep human need that we all have you know to be heard and to be seen and like validated in Mm. a lot of ways right and i think when we go back to even talking about toxic masculinity i think that's the same idea is like you know whether it's that generation or not you know these these boys are told like suppress that and um I, I, I wonder if, you know, men start feeling like they don't get to be seen or don't get to be, uh, you know, like heard or I just wonder yeah. what psychologically that does. I, yeah. Right? I, and I think that's the case. And as great as Mr. Rogers was, he's just one voice and every yeah. other voice typically says not to do that, that you're not safe to share your feelings or to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I think it's hard for men and women, but really, uh, especially for men mm-hmm. to to be vulnerable and to and to lead out of their vulnerability is really, really difficult. And I think like, you know, you guys both brought up the idea of like slowing down and mm-hmm. the pace. Paula, you talked about him being so deliberate with that. New Jersey, we talk about this, but it's a culture of exhaustion where mm-hmm. We're constantly being pressed to get to whatever is next. And so I think like that speaks really into this idea of like, what would it look like if we really paced ourselves better and slowed down so that we could be fully present? I think we talked about in the last episode, Paula, with you, we talked about like being fully present with our neighbors and how Mm -hmm. that's not the New Jersey way. You know, it's just we got to we have to move on and get to like whatever we're going to do. But what would happen if we really slowed down, which happens to be, I think, the Jesus way, not the Mr. Rogers way. Mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah. Rogers was emulating Jesus, the Jesus course, way. Which is know? why I love him. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But I, I'm seeing this play out in the homes of the, like, you know, my doula business. Um, when I'm in uh, in a home, I'm seeing that, you know, everybody's saying, oh, yeah, well, the pandemic's making us slow down. But now I feel like there's also this thing of playing catch up like Mm -hmm. we're trying now six months in or whatever to now catch up with business or whatever and then on top of it you're trying to do zoom meetings from home where you have children in the home or Mm -hmm. you know trying to figure out how you're going to you know balance that work home life Mm -hmm. yep and i think it's also it's creating more of a um inability to slow down to slow down for sure yeah yep 
I, I think, we, and we've said this a lot as a church, we have to give ourselves a lots of grace right now in the pandemic, which means, especially if you're working in the home, there may be times where you have to like let a plate drop at work in order to be fully present. And I don't think that's the choice we often make. We, we, we think of work as urgent and the most important to the detriment of our kids and yeah. our family and our spouses. And so mm-hmm. I think like to give yourself some grace and go, you know what? Like I, I, I can give myself a little bit leeway here so I can be more fully present. I think is really, mm, really important. That's huge. I, I, that's the thing that I'm really, um, like I, I see in, in an episode of Mr. Rogers, he was completely present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, um, I think we, I think sometimes in the effort to try to be completely present with our children and maybe sometimes we're not because we are, um, so focused on making every single minute about our children yeah. that, that then they don't become actual really focused minutes. So for example, like, you know, I'm spending so much time cooking for my kids and making sure that they have certain meals and they have, you know, like, and, and a bath time is, you know, every certain time or whatever. Like right. there's, there's like, um, you're so caught up in the momentum of caring for maybe like, their physical yeah. needs that you're not stopping and mm-hmm. having a minute where you're like, no, we're going to this, you know, this r- moment right now, I'm going to put my phone aside. How do you want to spend this? Well, let's say uh, mommy has 15 minutes yeah. right now. How do you, how, how are we going to spend that time? Like mm-hmm. let's set a timer and you and I are going to have this 15 minutes of just us. Yeah. And how do you want to spend that time? And if that means that you want to just be silly with you, have a dance party. Yeah. That's what you're going to do <laughs> I love right that. then. sparked a question that I have. Okay. Because like, you know, we talked about how Mr. Rogers obviously was in a different time, but we kind of know a lot of things that he would say right now. It just hit me. He would do probably multiple episodes on phones and devices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Paula, what do you think Mr. Rogers would have to say? (laughs) Because like, and what sparked it is you're talking about like processes and like caring for the physical and missing out on like being like fully present. And it, it just hit me that um, as parents, often we have a device yes. that we can be distracted with, but also um, a lot of the kids now have, if they don't have phones, they have tablets, mm-hmm. TVs, lots of devices. Like what do you think Mr. Rogers would say? This is a good one because we actually do know what he would say Okay. because this is what kind of sparked Mr. Rogers in, in the first place. He turned on the TV in the very early days of television and he turned it on and he saw people throwing pies in each other's faces. Mm -hmm. And he said, there's gotta be something better we can do with this media. So So I think he would probably say quality, you know, I think he would probably say what is media being used for? Ha 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 
but no, no, the subject of the <laughs> oh, gotcha. of the media Sorry. would be quality. Um, so you know, maybe be- being careful what you choose of you know what you allow your children to see, yeah. what you allow them to play. Um, but also, I think you know the balance of it, the need for you know. There's a time when we put it away and, um, yeah. you know, maybe making, you know, using the device to set, you know, time of like, you know, you may have these certain, you know, quality programs during this amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And then when you're done with that and I'm using that maybe as a as sort of a babysitter so I can get my work done, mm-hmm. then when that stops, we're going to both stop and maybe have some quality time of of, you know, being playful. So that opens up two questions okay. now for me. <laughs> um, but one, I want to go back really fast and play devil's advocate with the mm-hmm. last thing that mm-hmm. you said, um, the last kind of point that you were making. Mm-hmm. When your kid, you know, comes up to you and asks you to play, and, okay, we all know, like, we're in a pandemic, right? I'm, I'm probably speaking more towards the people that have younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, who's three, asks me to play with her probably, like, 30 times a day if not more right and the guilt that comes to me I'm sure I'm not the only parent that feels this kind of guilt of like I can't get on the floor and play with you all day long Mm -hmm. or I will literally get nothing done so on the flip side of like you know making time to be present with your kids how can you actually um sometimes like have that separation have the separation to where like you they have to understand that that Mommy has to get stuff mm-hmm. done, too, and can't just spend all this time with me. Right. right? And I liked what you right. said about setting a 15-minute timer. Well, one thing that we do also have to remember is that, like, kids get so much out of individual play. Yeah. Like, being able to direct play yeah. is huge. They yeah. really get so much. Like, we can I think in our heads we kind of feel like, especially during the pandemic, like, right. I'm their only playmate. Yes. I'm the only one that they have. Yep. You know, but there's also something to be said for just, especially, and also open-ended toys. Like, I yes. um, I worked in daycares for, like, lots and lots of years, too. Um, and, you know, one of the things that um, they taught us really well was that, like, you know, toys that have, like, a certain set thing that mm-hmm. it does um, is not as useful for the brain as something like, for example, like if I came in and said to you, like, all right, I'm going to give you a piece of paper and these craft things and you're going to make this American flag and I'm going to show you like a, a picture, like a like the exact replica. You're going to do much better if I just give you like craft things mm-hmm. and a paper and let you kind of like enjoy with like what you have. Yeah. If I say I need it to look like that, mm-hmm. then you have all these expectations set up. Yes. And you have things that your brain is going to, you know, like you're going to try and copy something. Right. For example, like, you know, if there's a action figure that you know does a certain thing on a movie that you've seen you might just only play with that action figure as you've seen it in the movie whereas you get an open-ended figure you might be you might be more creative in what you i, I love that really and i think that's huge because i i have a horrible memory so i'm not going to remember who said this but recently <laughs> i heard that one thing now that we don't have that we used to have growing up is boredom like mm, we've mm-hmm. we've forgotten what it was like do you remember this? See if you can go back. <laughs> Do you remember what it was like to stand in a grocery line 
And that was all you did. Like you look, you're watching the person in front of you. You might look at like the magazines around you, but like there was Such nothing, there was no phone. Point. Yeah. Like, like a, yeah. just this like space of like nothing. And so, but they were saying how that's not a good thing. You might think like the elimination of boredom, but mm-hmm. boredom is where our creativity gets sparked. Yeah. And like, I've noticed this with, um, with my kids growing up, like if they were on devices too much, we would say something like, okay, you're off your devices and we, if they had a play date, we'd like force them outside. Mm-hmm. Yep. They would throw a fit mm-hmm. like you do. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, we're playing Minecraft or yeah, Roblox yeah, yeah. or whatever. But what we noticed is after the fit and a little bit of like sulking, mm-hmm. they would go outside and have way more fun yeah. doing yeah. whatever. Almost yep. it, it didn't matter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because now they're sparking into that thing that like we grew up with, which was creativity and yes. in play, which I think is partly what you're talking yeah. about, right? Like. To not have toys that do it all for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we got, we had so much, you know, uh, with just, you know, some sticks and some grass outside, mm-hmm. you know, and we'd always make yeah. soup or whatever, we, you know. I would always make perfume. Yeah. I would yeah. always walk around and collect flowers and make perfume. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But, but so the creativity create, is We don't sparked. create space for that yeah, anymore. And I not. think, like, I know Mr. when Mr. Rogers concerned with limits on TV watching, like, he didn't want yes. you doing that. But, like, can you imagine if we t- went back and told him, hey... And not that long from mm-hmm. now, um, everyone will have a TV in their pocket, yes. which mm-hmm. is really what we have. We yeah. call it a phone. Yeah. It's a TV in our pocket. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that was my, literally my next question was, I know parents are going to be wondering, like, what would your advice perspective be on hmm. screen time during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but also just healthy screen time in general and mm-hmm. having like healthy boundaries for your kids with yeah. that, yeah, but also good. being strategic to use it for times, like you're saying, when I need to work, when yeah. dad's mom's need to work, um, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. And content, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's like, it's really an individual question. You can't yeah. like, I can't mm-hmm. be like, all right, so, you know, yeah. Tim said two hours, so yeah. <laughs> two hours a day, whatever, however right. many a week, you know, but, um, I think, um, just keeping in mind, that, you know, like he's talking about the tantrum, you know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid of the tantrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the w- only way that they have of expressing, yeah. you know, their anger. So maybe talk to them through that, too, and say, you know what? I see that you're angry. Um, can we, you know, what would you think about if we tried this? You know, and I know that, you know, a lot of times it's also in the... Um, in the doing of it, you know, you might have to go through six tantrums first mm-hmm. and then the seventh tantrum, it might be, you know, they realize oh, this I is what do, we do really love, I yes. do yes. really love crayon yeah, yeah. time or whatever yeah, right. it is that right. you, that you've set up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid of that though. I think that's where, I think that's where a lot of parents end up having to stop because they get so, they're, they're like, my, my child is so unhappy. Yeah. But they're, but really it's that they don't know. It's like that old, I think it was C.S. Lewis, it was like, you know, I think he was talking about like, you know, the kingdom, but basically what he was, what he said was like, you know, I told you that I wanted to take you to the boat, to the ocean. I wanted to take you to the shore and you're playing in a mud puddle Mm. and you're having so much fun in this mud puddle that you don't even realize like what, because you never, you don't know what the shore is. You know, so okay. you're having so much That's fun really playing good. in like a mud puddle in the ghetto or something. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like you're not you're not yeah. seeing, you know, the big picture. Right. So, you know, sometimes as parents, we have to be like, 
you know, kind of tough and say, you know what, I know that you're angry right now. You can deal with the the mentionable emotions, but you also can, um, uh, show them something better and it takes time and Mm -hmm. it takes the slowing down, which sometimes we might feel that tension of like, I need to get back to what I need to do. Yeah. So we have to kind of find our, our way in that. Would you say it's true? Like say somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm going to make changes to, the amount of time that my kid stays on a device, right? There's a wall, right? You're going to hit a wall of like the fit. Are they, I know you said we got to get past the wall, but do you think is part of that, that they're testing to see like how, like Hmm. are we really, is this a real thing or is it not a real thing? So when you keep moving the boundary, that is really, that's a problem. So if the first time they have the fit, tell me more. uh, (laughs) If the first time they have the fit, you let it go, say, I don't know, 10 minutes, and then you go, all right, fine, have your tablet back or then whatever. Okay. Then they know that, they're, that there's a way around that. And it's every time. You know, I, um, I was, I've been homeschooling my kids for all along now, and um, I, uh, one of the resources that I used was a lady from, oh, gosh, I think she's 1800s um, school marm in England who, uh, her name was Charlotte Mason. And she had like almost a whole book on this. And it was basically, there was one, one example that she used that said it was like, um, closing of the door behind you. So if you, if you excuse them not closing the door behind them, you know, the second time, like the first time you say, close the door behind you, the second time you get up and close the door because you're just like, I don't feel like having the argument Mm -hmm. about closing the door or Mm -hmm. calling them back or it just takes too much. Yeah. Then the third time, you know, you you decide to like implement that again and say, no, we're going to have them close the door. Like it's already caused, um, like a conflict. uh, Yeah. They already Mm -hmm. kind of know that, Oh, there's a, there's a way around this wall. So the consistency is super. So it's really hard at first to, to get that consistency, but I really recommend that you just stick with it because as you can see, and I think if you step back and you see it in other people, it's like, you know, when you see the kid throw a fit and then you're like, you give them in anyway, then like you've already, you've, you've actually just made that harder. Mm. You haven't made it easier on yourself. You've made it harder because the next time you go to actually implement this, they're already in their mind, they've already gone, well, I only have to go 10 minutes or whatever. Mm. And then the next time they might, you know, maybe they'll see you wear down earlier or trying to find well, the that's, wear down That's spot. what I was going to ask you. And I don't, there's probably not a good answer to this, but I have mm-hmm. to ask it because I'm sitting here thinking the consistency thing makes sense to me. But then the reality is you're on day four of it and you're just tired tired. yeah, Yeah, and you just want them to watch a show so you can have a little bit of a rest. Especially in the pandemic, again, like especially with this, there's an extra layer of just a different kind of exhaustedness on the parents, right? right? Right. So totally get that. Yeah. So I just, I wonder, is there a strategy and maybe this is like, you're going back to what you said earlier, maybe having activities that are alternatives to devices but are also sort of standalone like hey you can't yeah. watch a show right now but i bought a craft you know yeah. just for this time i don't I, again yeah I, I yeah. yeah i mean i uh we use this in my doula business when you bring home a new baby you have a bucket that's just for um like when you're nursing the new baby so it's like so the older child will be like you know 
like may feel like jealousy or something because you're sitting down giving attention to the new baby, but there's this bucket that comes out only during this special time mm. of, um, genius. you know, uh, of nursing. And so we use that for, you know, for new babies, but I think it could be, you know, said for somebody who's, you know, maybe three, who's having a hard time getting off of, you know, yeah. a device, you know, we have the same, you know, grownups, we have the same problem, right? So like, let's I mean, make... I want a bin, I want a bucket that comes out <laughs> yeah. a special time during the day. <laughs> and I like it because it takes away that negative emotion. Yeah. You know, it's not just a no device. It's, right. hey, but here's something different that you'll actually like. Right, I like think you're that's... not being yeah. deprived. This yes. isn't like a, I'm depriving yeah. you of something you love. I'm giving you something else right. as a... That's good. You know what else goes a long way with this? And and it, and it's something that has to be implemented slowly, but that kind of goes back to the, our next thing is that having a rhythm or a yeah. regularity of pattern. You know, um, Tim has been talking about regula, and um, I'm not sure, like, do you want to talk about where that fits in at all? Or Yeah, so, like, um, the regula is the Latin word for rule, and it um, we talk about a rule of life, with, which goes back all the way back to St. Benedict. He had the Benedictine, Benedictine order, and the idea here is just that we we all have a rule of life. We all have like patterns and practices that we do on a on a regular basis. And so one of the conversations that we're having a lot of in our church and our community, and even in this podcast, is in the midst of a pandemic, what does a good rule of life look mm-hmm. like? What do good practices look like? And I think mm-hmm. that's uh, that's part of like what, what all this is is getting into a good rhythm, which is. As you said, it you might think being in a pandemic means it's just simple and easier because we have more time. Yeah. I think what we're hearing is that's not been the case for yeah. most people. They haven't felt, or it's been a mixed bag. Some people do feel like they have more time. Others feel like it's been irregular. And so I think that's really important to think through. So I think when kids have um, a schedule and they know the security of the day that that's ahead of them you can even you know you can even point to like say okay so we have 10 more minutes of tablet and then it's going to be this time Mm -hmm. you know um i that gives them a sense of like like there's not as much to fight on that either you know you don't you're not going to have as many maybe 10 like maybe at first to get the rhythm going but once they start to get into a rhythm they start to know you know okay um, you know, if I can just get through this certain amount of time, then maybe it's tablet time again or, mm-hmm. you know, something right. like that, you know. Um, and so, if it's every day, they don't fight it because they just know this is what we do exactly. as a family. It becomes your rhythm. It becomes, um, but also it's, it, it helps their brains. It, 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 they can count on certain things to be in place so that they know that they don't have to think about you know, whether mom's going to enforce this today or not, because it's already, it's just what we do. I mean, this is huge because I think we, we often talk in terms of a rule of life about our individual like mm-hmm. practices. Mm-hmm, definitely. But what you're saying, and I think it's right on, is we need family rules of life. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is what we do as a family mm-hmm. every night. You know, right. like we have, like in our house, we do a devotional after 
you know, the, uh, the meal. And I remember when we first started doing that, there was this sort of like eye roll, like, yeah, mm-hmm. this isn't going to last. And you have to kind of push through that. To mm-hmm. get, and now, but now it's just like, oh no, this is what we, yeah. this is what we do. Yeah, that's good. And that's yeah. probably refreshing for them or, or at least comforting to know that there's, you know, there's a set and and then, and then they don't have to try to like get around it anymore either, yeah. which can add to agitation and kids is like, you know, like they don't, you know, even though they may not like love it, they, but they, but they'll sit through it because they don't have to like think about, can I get around this too? And I think they probably do love it just on a different level. It's not like yeah. this like immediate entertainment feedback loop, mm-hmm. but they, I think it feels like deep down, they kind of crave it. They may mm-hmm. not always express themselves right. that way, but I've just noticed, right. you know, they, they, to the point that like when you don't do it, they might make a like yeah, a, they're a gonna point make to a it. comment. But yeah. I think that's going to be something they'll they'll look back on when they're adults and say like this was a like special family thing we did together, you know. Yep. So it's creating it's also creating really good healthy memories for them too. So yeah, and now I think about it, Mr. Rogers kind of did that with his show, right? He had yeah. these yeah. very set every, every practices. Yeah, even you know we we automatically think about the jacket and the sweater and this and the the slippers or I mean the, the the sneakers of course but um but there was a certain time within the show that was for imagination time and the, yeah. you know to go to the neighborhood of make-believe there was a certain time within the show to you know do an activity there was a certain time for picture picture to come on and you know and show us how somebody made something there was yeah. a there was a there was a regular within that and that's what adds mm. to the um I think what, especially, I think what mm-hmm. the a grown, us grown-ups find very comforting about that is, you know, we can put that on and, you know, whether there's kids or not, I guess it depends on. Oh, yeah, I'm totally, how, your, your, totally your, down. Your boldness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether you want to admit that you watch Mr. Rogers on your own. That's <laughs> it speaks to something that's very, I think, prevalent right now for us is that there's so many unknowns in the world. We can't predict what the next thing is going to be or how, you know, the election, for example, is going to turn out or how the pandemic is going to turn. We can't predict or any of that. And I think we're Mm -hmm. all sort of like grasping for the sense of like stability right now. Mm -hmm. And so to have, like you're saying, even Mr. Rogers having like the consistency throughout the show. So you kind of know what to expect Mm -hmm. feels really safe. Right. Right. And I can, I can imagine for children from us, they're looking to us to provide that sense of safety for them. And so that makes so much sense why some consistency in schedule would be like really, really important, even right. for mental health. Right. I mean, yeah, to be right. honest, right? I, I think that's a great point. And, you know, I, I would add to that, that in, in the midst of uncertainty, we can't tell our family what decisions will need to be made next year. Like, yeah. you know, because we just don't know what's going to happen with right. things. Mm-hmm. But what we can say is we can focus on being on yes. like who we are yep. so that whenever the decisions come next year, we are the right person to make whatever decision yeah. has to come yeah. later. And that yeah. regular pattern that you're talking about is what shapes our character. Mm-hmm. And I think like, that's what Mr. Rogers showed with his, he modeled that. I hadn't yeah. even thought about that, but yeah. he models like a rhythm and a regular better than just and about that, anybody else. And True. that I'm safe within my family's boundaries. Yeah. To explore who I am. Yes. Yes. To be, you know, Freedom. who I'm going to be, mm-hmm. yep. you know, but I, but I, but I'm safe within the, these, these, this rhythm of life. Yeah. I that's love that. really good. Wow. Can you talk to us about, uh, I know one of the things that Mr. Rogers talked a lot about was 
communication with mm. kids. Mm-hmm. Being in a pandemic, we have different challenges with that. Like any thoughts on like, uh, what, what does that look like for us to get inside the mind of a kid mm-hmm. and kind of understand things the way they might be understanding or like be, they might be confused about certain things. Just any tips you would have yeah. for us with that. He did talk about this too. I, you know, I, I think I was, I think I was watching a program of, um, where he, he actually just changed a single word within an episode and it was really important to him. So they went to a doctor and they were going to put on a blood pressure cuff and they were going to say, um, you know, that we're going to blow up the blood pressure cuff now. Well, he stopped that right in his tracks and said, no, we need to call it a different word. We need to say it's inflating or something else because a child might say, blow up a blood pressure cuff. Are you going to explode my arm? Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I imagine this on a pandemic scale now. Mm. Like, let's think about, you know, words that they might have heard, you know, while the news was just playing in our living room. Yeah. Or, um, or you know, I don't know, something that they overheard a conversation or something their brains are not to a point where they can understand things like, you know, that blowing up a blood pressure cuff is not going to like cause the end of something. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, like just kind of trying to think through and it's, you know, it's not easy necessarily to get into the mind of a child, but maybe asking questions, you know, like, you know, what are you thinking about, like, in this time? You know, that mm. might be for an older kid, but, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think for Antonia, like, yeah. maybe just being, like, um, you know, re- reassuring her that, it, that you know, they, they, that you are safe within mm-hmm. these, you know, these boundaries of our home mm-hmm. as, mu- as much as we can be. And, you know, mommy has questions, too, but, yeah. you know, but we, um, but we can trust God that he's going to, you know... Um, help us to know what to do with whatever comes our way. Right. That's that's really good. That's really helpful. Yeah. I love that. Me too. All right. Well, I guess this is a good place to end as well. And we are um, really thankful for all of you guys that are listening. And again, we're going to have all of Paula's um, links to her, her course that she has for new mom. She's a postpartum doula. She has a blog. She has a website. And if you guys have any more questions that you want Paula to answer, you guys can email us. Our email address will be in the link as well. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Paula.